1: Star
2: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California It's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Your comedy field guide to life Tonight... It's a new year, thank God, and with a new year comes time to think about getting a job. But how are you supposed to find employment during a pandemic when your only marketable skill is performing comedy in front of a live audience and there are no live audiences anywhere? Huh? How are you supposed to do that? I'm asking for a friend. Tim Lowe, founder and managing director of Your Next Jump, is here to tell us how he helps job seekers get employed. Tim, my friend is going to interview you to find out how to interview... Plus, mailbag, Tony Anita Hull opens up our mailbox and discovers the most piercing piece of provocative prose ever posted to us. You've got to hear it to believe it. I'm Adam Felber, the man whose steady job is keeping the show's conversational resume adding up to a successful employment in the field of coherency. And now, please welcome the woman whose LinkedIn profile identifies her as, quote, celebrated comedian, noted conversationalist, and what was that question again? Paula Poundstone!
0: <laughs> hey! hey. Welcome, Paula. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be with you guys. Hey, Adam. And before we go, another step. Thanks to tonight's house band, returning champion, Corey Springhorn on the trumpet.
3: Corey. Welcome, Corey.
2: Corey.
4: Corey. You You
0: know what's amazing about the trumpet is that there's three buttons. Three buttons. And with three buttons, they get like a bunch of... You know, I'll tell you, the thing about my Glock, my Glock and Spiel, there's a whole bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of uh, little bars on it that you, that you uh, plonk, Uh, this three-button thing just blows me away. Uh, So thanks, Corey. Um, (laughs)
2: Yeah, it is is amazing. As far as I understand it, there's, um, I guess, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different uh, positions those buttons can be in, and that makes up, that makes up an octave, I'm pretty sure.
0: And let's not forget the different positions that the trumpet player can be in. So that adds a whole. That's right. Another range to it. Um, Adam, <laughs> I have, I have for a long while had this feeling that none of what's going on right now is real it, because it can't be because it's too stupid. Right. So much of what's going on is just too stupid. It's the kind, and how it keeps getting weirder and weirder, like in a dream. You know how, like, before you finally wake up from a dream, like, what started out as a small weirdness has become a giant weirdness. So, oh yeah, I have this theory. And then um, I heard Judy Woodruff say a little while ago on the News Hour when they gave the um, prize for science to the um, physicists, and they were ta- And she, Judy Woodruff, said that a black <laughs> hole can swallow up time. And I'm like, well, that's what's happened. We're in a black hole. That's another theory that I have. So Interesting. Uh, something to think about. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's and you know, it's provoking okay. All right. You know how you know how you guys paused right then before anybody said anything about my theory? There was this little uncomfortable pause. That yeah. okay, that reinforces my theory. <laughs> Because you know how, like, in dreams, sometimes when you start saying to the other people in the dream, like, this is a dream, and everyone sort of, you know, backs away from you nervously, like, they know, but you're not supposed to know? That, so I get that response a lot when I tell people about my theory. They just get kind of quiet yeah. for a second, like, ah, shit, she wasn't supposed to know, and now she knows.
2: <laughs> she knows. All right, Paula, uh, I'm going to need you to put your hands behind your back and just walk slowly out of your house now, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Get into the first car that pulls up and uh, you'll be feeling a lot better by morning.
0: Uh, you know what? Everything keeps getting weirder. How is it possible that the weirdness, we it, it, exponentially, it gets weirder every day? You haven't noticed that?
2: Oh, I have noticed that. I, I don't think I'm going to go with black hole as, uh, as the theory as to why that's happening. I might go with orange hole.
0: Okay. All right, um, but or look orange it. asshole. Say, we were, say this was a television show. Say all of life right now is a television show. Would you argue that it's a sci-fi television show or that it's like Brady Bunch?
2: Definitely a sci-fi at this point. Exactly. Absolutely. See? That further buttresses my right. argument. It buttresses your argument. Again, I would kind of urge you to abandon the the black hole aspect of your argument, because that seems to me to be a completely different kind of phenomenon than what you're getting at.
0: I'm following the science, Adam. <laughs> yeah, the science... The... <laughs> No, the minute I heard Judy Woodruff say uh, yeah. that, because uh, I I knew that black holes could swallow light. I, I mean, not that I understand it, but I had heard those words before. Um, but I never yeah, heard do. anybody say that the black hole could swallow time. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, well, that's what it is. Absolutely.
2: So we're in a place where all light and time has been swallowed. I'm assuming.
0: We're inside okay. the hole. Um if If this is like Pinocchio, where they all get swallowed by the whale, and then they lit the fire and it made the it made the whale sneeze. Do you remember that, and it sneezed out Geppetto and Pinocchio? do you remember that so Absolutely. If, the, if there's yes. any way we could light a fire inside this black hole and maybe it could just like spit out Trump and then everything would be fine in the black hole.
2: So your operating theory is that if we could cause the black hole that we're in to sneeze us out, we'd all be okay again we'd be living in a less...
0: We're fine inside it. We just need Trump, Like that.
2: We really need to have a physicist on this show. Yeah. All right. And you know what? Speaking of physics, let's take this opportunity to travel through space and time. (laughs) <laughs> or at least space. And we're we're going to go around the horn and say hi to people that make this show as special as it is. Uh, let's go to Sherman Oaks. Tony Anita Hall, how are you?
4: Ya? Yay, Tony. Good. Happy New Year everyone. Happy New Year. It's good to be back. Yeah. Um I had a you know I had a good New Year. I played some games on Zoom with my friends. Okay. That was a lot of right. fun. Um but I do have some news to Fantastic. share. Fantastic. What's that? Um, don't get mad.
0: It's the it's the cruise again. It's the goddamn cruise.
4: Oh no.
3: <laughs> or Eddie Lucas.
4: My brother and I-speaks. My brother and I booked a cruise for December 2021. Oh, for God's
0: sakes, Tony.
4: <laughs> well, at <laughs> least really? it's a year
0: away. I mean, that's better news. We
4: did. We did, we booked a cruise, celebrity cruise for New Zealand in 2021, December. Wow. Yeah, Tony, wow. Well, I- there's been
0: so many, like you book a cruise and then it's canceled and then you, you book a cruise and then there's the COVID cruise and then there's the placebo. <laughs> You've been on, you wanted to go on the placebo cruise. Well, I don't understand the relentless desire for the cruise.
4: I feel like it's a challenge now,
2: oh, it's a challenge, yeah, but your last cruise was a miserable experience, wasn't it, Tony?
4: yeah, it came miserable, strong. I now look back at it with fondness. <laughs>
2: Oh. Fondness. If if I remember correctly, you went on a cruise. You uh had to delay the cruise for four days due to coronavirus. Then you got on the boat. I'm guessing guessing everybody who's not named Tony Anita Hall from that cruise is dead now. And you spent the entire cruise sobbing and fighting with your cousin.
0: And
4: My didn't niece, your yes. didn't your brother leave? Your niece.
0: Didn't your brother like get off the boat?
4: My brother got on the ship and then left and then he 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 got he got on the ship and then decided that it was if he stayed on something bad was going to happen so he
0: what got was off. the what was the thing that prompted him <laughs> to leave though? Uh,
4: it, there, there were there were a series of several things but the last straw was the mouse in the room and then my brother saw the mouse twice. And he decided that that was a bad omen, given everything else that had happened. He had a drink spilled on him. Something else happened. Um, So he got off the boat and just left my niece and I. He's like, something bad's going to happen. I'm getting off. And then he just left us on the ship. (laughs) Yeah. He's right, though. Little
2: did he know that the bad thing that was going to happen happened to our entire country and not just that boat. Exactly.
4: Exactly. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. You know, there's.
0: That old seafarer's um, expression, you know, see a mouse twice uh, and bad stuff happens. That's,
2: you know, that's (laughs) as old as that's as as old as that's a tough seafarer expression because it doesn't rhyme.
0: Well, yeah, it's hard to remember. Yeah. See a mouse twice. It should
2: be something Um, like see a mouse twice and it won't be nice.
4: Yeah. 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 I'll be cruising next year. For 13 all days right. on the God other help half us all. of the world.
2: <laughs> yeah. And on that, let's turn our attention from Sherman Oaks and look northward, ever northward, into the Simi Valley, <laughs> where lurks Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns, Paula's manager, our producer. They're all the same person. Bonnie, how are you? I'm good. Happy New Year, you
3: guys. Happy New Happy Year, New Bonnie. Year.
2: <laughs> you know, I can't the,
0: the New Year's thing just means nothing to me, but I'm happy for the rest of you. Do you... Yeah.
2: <laughs> do you All right. F- should, yeah. well, that's, a, that's a way to celebrate.
0: Yeah. Adam, s- do you think it's too early to look back on 2021?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little early for that. <laughs> I, 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 I like how, you, how, you, how you've managed to be a skeptic for the one holiday that has nothing to do with our country or a religion.
0: Yeah, but it's just that everyone—I feel like everyone—it's like we're going to see The Wizard of Oz. Everyone keeps saying, oh, 2021, it's going to get better in 2021. Everything's going to be better in 2021. No, it's not. Not—individual not, not. not <laughs> indiv- individual things have to change in order for things to get better. It's not just magically going to happen. So the idea that at, at midnight—I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel— Different than you did december thirty first
2: uh no, no, not much um but I like to be hopeful you know it's a it's a it's a way of marking the calendar we all have to mark our lives with various events so so you marked
0: your calendar on that night well, yeah, I have to get a new calendar <laughs> so you <laughs> So you got a new calendar. You don't even use a
3: calendar. You use the stupid computer. You know I do have I a
2: wall calendar.
3: She's so open-minded about things. Like personally, no, it's it's just it's it's just people are like
0: I, I don't know. People just keep saying stuff like mindless zombies, you know. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh yeah, big Big fucking difference. Thanks. Yeah, (laughs) to you too. You're
2: you're being such a happy, such a downer about it. Happy season of change
0: and renewal. Happy,
2: (laughs) happy, happy. (laughs) When
3: somebody says, I gotta say, when somebody says
2: Merry Christmas to me, when somebody says Merry Christmas to me, you know what I don't say? I don't say that day doesn't mean anything to me, and most of my family was killed by purported Christians. Well, it just was. It's just not a it's not a cheery holiday message. I just suck it up and say merry christmas back.
0: Oh, then you guys there's something I want to say to you. What's that? Happy
2: New Year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me go back to my previous question. Uh, um <laughs> we'll, we'll turn our attention from the baby new year over there in Santa Monica yeah. to Bonnie Burns. Bonnie, what is new? <laughs>
0: Everything is new. Everything is new for Bonnie. She's so into New Year's. Bonnie, tell them how everything is new. Tell them all the changes that have happened since New
3: Year's. You know, okay.
0: (laughs) No, because here's
3: the thing. Here's the thing. I think I agree with you that it, it has nothing to do with the New Year, and I agree with Adam That all the new year is, is a marking point, okay? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I am optimistic with Biden being elected, a new administration coming in, and this idea of living in a black hole is not exactly uplifting. So, no, you don't know anything. to continue saying like that (laughs) when I'd like to be positive that things might get better is good.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm,
3: I'm not in the rare about... and
2: un- un- uncomfortable position of being in a total agreement with Captain Kringle on this one. I, but, Paula, I just I, I,
0: I... I'm not talking about a black hole like Lisa Bright and Dark. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, space, like how we might be in a different reality than we were. In uh, Black holes eat time. So does Twitter. But... Yeah. Uh, I think Yeah, I'm not when you when I say black hole, I'm not referring to some sort of depressive I'm referring to uh, <laughs> space.
2: I just hope that this episode ends like a very special episode of Paula Poundstone with you a la Jimmy Stewart running down the street yelling, <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone! <laughs> Happy New Year, you old buildings and loan. Happy New Year.
3: You know no, you know what's what? really a-
0: Partway through this episode, I'm going to take a job with Mr. Potter.
3: Here's the thing. (laughs) This is a little ironic because I was so worried about what I was going to talk about today. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, like, could I come up with something funny? Blah, 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 blah. And compared to like what you're saying, for me to just go, oh, you know, the dogs have been on my nerves. Len Romo's dad makes candy on the side. He sent me a box and I ended up eating most of it. (laughs) Sounds so Pollyanna (laughs) compared to what we're talking about. I just. No, it sounds
0: like you're having a very positive experience so far in 2021.
3: No, I don't look at it that way, but Adam's right. There's like marking points. Otherwise, you just have this big flood. Yeah. That's right. Yes.
2: I wouldn't say it like that, but at least it's been said. But Captain Crickle, you are, in fact, just sort of punting the ball downfield by saying, I didn't have anything to say, but but Paula's negativity has bailed me out.
0: It's not negativity, it's real. I want to throw up from her
3: negativity. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> but you know what would be a great thing for this new year? Paula Poundstone. Do you have a word for us? I think
0: you might. I right. do. <laughs> I do. And I hope I... this isn't a downer, but this week's word is fucked.
2: <laughs> Wait a minute. No, it isn't.
0: Oh, it's not fucked. Uh, I do. It's insalubrious. It's an adjective that means seedy or squalid. Oh, that's not positive. Uh, well, how about this? Unkempt uh, or unclean. Uh, here, I'll use it in a sentence. Uh, yeah, please do. As my work, as my work schedule has overwhelmed me, my house has become insalubrious. Um, I could, I could use this nice. word a lot. So let's put it in the vocabulary song. Wait, hold on. I gotta get my glock and spiel. Oh, yeah. I,
2: I, it sounds like it's there already.
0: No, no, no. You're just hearing echoes of. Oh, wait. I started wrong. Hold it. There it is. Uh, This week's word is inslubrious. It's an adjective that means seedy or squalid, not well kept or clean. I should have mopped up after my cesarean. Last week's word was fi. (laughs) It's an exclamation used to express disgust or outrage. How can Donald Trump still be on the stage? The week before that, the word was putinesca. It's a noun that means pasta sauce made with tomatoes, garlic, olives, anchovies, etc., said to have been devised by prostitutes as one which could quickly be uh, cooked between clients' visits. Quick, make the sauce and get back to the toss. That's putinesca. Going back before that, the word was perdurable. <laughs> it's an adjective that means enduring continuously, permanent. The cats peed in the heating vent. And not long ago, we had piety. It's a noun that means conventional belief that is accepted without thinking. Just keep your tiny blood of Christ glasses clinking. Let's never forget free <laughs> which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Harder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused, jumbler, medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do.
2: Yeah. Insalubrious.
0: Yeah, wow. yeah insolubrious. insalubrious
2: is great. You know, Paula, um I'm a big fan of the word salubrious, which as you might imagine is just the opposite of insalubrious. So it means clean. It means very it means super pleasant or healthy, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like you can you can walk into somebody's house and say and say as I sometimes do, "Wow, you have such a salubrious home." Oh,
0: yeah. People love that compliment.
2: They sure do. <laughs> at, least, at least the renegades and rebels I run with are just crazy about that. <laughs> All right. Well, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, The crowning fortune of a man is to be born to some pursuit which finds him employment and happiness, whether it be to make baskets or broadswords or canals or statues or songs. Coming up, how to get the job that brings you your crowning fortune. That's next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider.
0: Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream, and let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our...
2: A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so. and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good.
0: I ordered the brushed, On this day in unremarkable history, John Lennon said, Imagine you're not in the band, Pete.
2: <laughs> and thank you, house band Corey Springhorn. Hey, Paulie, we have something in common again. We do? Yes, we do. We both now need jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. <laughs> you, you got turned down by a variety of local grocery stores. And uh, I've got an announcement to make, which is that, uh, and I'm happy and sad at the same time to say this, at the uh, end of the year, I finished writing this book I've been working on. And uh, so I, too, am now looking for a job. Yeah. Well, Adam, <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> no, it's it's tough out there. Do you have your resume all polished up? No never written a resume in my life. Really? Mm -mm. Wow. No. Well, you filled out applications, but you've never had a resume to attach to it, then, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's different than it used to be. I'm telling you, it's not the same.
2: It's absolutely true. But fortunately, we have someone on the phone who can help us find employment. Tim Lowe is the founder and managing director of Your Next Jump. He has over a decade of experience in business strategy and process improvement, and he is a PARW slash CC certified resume writer. I don't even know what that means. And a professional career coach. Please welcome Tim Lowe. Hey, guys, glad to be here.
0: I'm so glad you're here. As you can hear from the from the slight anxiety in, in me and Adam's voices, it's, it's almost an emergency. Um, you know, Tim, looking for employment has changed a lot over the years. For example, LinkedIn keeps sending me emails, and I never look at them because I think it requires a password. And I don't think I ever even set up a LinkedIn account, so I don't have a password Or if I did, I don't even remember because I don't know what LinkedIn is. What is it? Do I need it? Did I sign up? How do they know my name and email address?
1: Paula, that is a great question. Well, let me put it this way. It is. It's a great question. Here's the thing. Look, if you want food, you get on DoorDash, right? And if you want to buy something, you get on Amazon. If you want a job, absolutely get on LinkedIn, all right, well, here's the thing about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a really good networking tool. A lot of people know that, right? It allows you to connect to people within organizations that you're not a part of. It allows you to meet with people that, you know, maybe former uh, uh, other alumni uh, from the schools uh, that you've been to, that you've graduated from. It's a really good tool for networking. But I wanna say one more thing about LinkedIn. A lot of people don't know why LinkedIn is really important. HR folks will always look at your LinkedIn profile before they bring you in for an interview, or they almost always will, and here's why: on that piece of paper, on that resume that you submitted, that they that they really liked, theoretically, you could put whatever the heck you want on that piece of paper. Right? Yeah. Right. But are you willing to say those same things on LinkedIn, where previous yeah. lawyers, previous you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, previous coworkers, right? They you know they they want to know, hey, you know what? Are are you legit? Are you the real thing? Right? If you can say this on paper, will you say this on LinkedIn? And so. So what LinkedIn mm-hmm. has become and what it's grown to become is really sort of an industry standard in, in, in professional marketing, in professional uh, telling people who you are. And because so many people use it, right, it, it, it kind of is snowballs. So it's become a, a really a, a tool that, that pretty much all professionals use across all different types of industries. So it would really help you a lot to get on LinkedIn, especially as you start networking.
0: Now, do you help people with resumes and like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of our core things, right? I mean, the resume is really the foundation of the job search. That's the first thing that – that's your first impression. And so the resume is really, really important to make sure that you hit that out of the park. And
0: what makes a good resume?
1: Yeah. OK, well, good resume. So whenever we write a resume, there, there's basically you know kind of two things that, that we really want to hit. One is, and you've seen this, I mean, kind of think about your own resume. A lot of resumes, and this is really natural, resumes tend to read sort of like job descriptions, right? People put down, you know, these are my day-to-day activities, these are my roles and responsibilities, how many people I manage, size of the budget, these are the projects that I lead. Yeah, and of course, there's a place for that on, on the resume, right? But here's the thing, what we find, what most employers are looking for is really answering that so what question, right? I don't wanna know that you're a project manager, I wanna know that you're a damn good project manager. So you can't just talk about what you do, you have to show people how well you do it, right? Let me let me say one thing, a really good way to test your resume is this, right? If you look at your resume and you look at your, your the current job that you have, right? And someone else, and you just think, okay, someone else, has the same job, same title as you. You guys work side by side, okay? And, you know, every morning you're coming to work and you're killing it. The client likes you, the employer likes you, you're just solving problems every day. But this other guy he was working with you, he's got the same title. Let's just be honest, he, he he's pretty bad. He he's kind of like, you know, that that guy in um, in, in 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 college who just kind of tags on in the group project, right?
2: Oh, he's I hate that guy. Work.
1: Yeah, everyone hates that guy. But you're, you're you know, you're doing all the work <laughs> and this guy is just kind of sharing sharing in the credit, right? But the question is, now that you guys are both looking for jobs, could he on his resume, could he write exactly the same things that you have on yours? He
2: would. He would. He'd he'd just yeah. copy me.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, could he say, yeah, I'm responsible for overseeing this. You know, I, you know, I uh, uh, oversee this type of project. I serve as the liaison between this and this, and I manage this type of budget. He can say exactly those same things. So you have to say it better than
2: him.
0: Do you Uh, need more adjectives?
1: It's not adjectives. You got to talk about the outcomes, the results of your work, right? So maybe you can speak to something like, hey, you know what? On my performance evaluations every year, I got an exceeds expectations. You know, I was selected to work on this certain project. I got this award, right? All of those things speak to not just what you do, but how well you do it. If you're just an IT project manager, there's a dime a dozen IT project managers. People wanna know that you're a really good one. So how do you differentiate yourself? Not just by talking about what an IT manager does, cause everyone knows that they wanna know the outcomes, the, the achievements of your work, the things that you did, what did they lead to, right? How did they make the organization better? That's what people want to know. So that's, that's number one in, in resume writing.
0: So if you could say, like, I, I fixed my mother's computer by talking to her on the phone and telling her what to do, <laughs> wouldn't that just be an open door to any kind of IT job? Because <laughs> that's extraordinary. No one does that.
1: That that is. I I am the IT guy in my family, so that that is extraordinary, and that requires a huge level of patience. Um, I just got off the phone with my dad about an hour ago, and he's trying to figure out how to get Disney Plus on. So, um, and we did that over the phone, and, and uh, you know I I needed a drink after that. So.
0: And did you make it work for him?
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's watching Mulan right now.
0: And are you available uh, as soon as next week for employment?
2: yeah and and, it runs a company paula that's how it
0: goes tim something like that you just put that in there something extraordinary
1: that's right Um, that's right
0: are there common resume mistakes
1: yeah yeah absolutely so that that leads me to to the second goal right here's the thing you'll see a lot of resumes you know a common mistake that people make is they put something you, you see them on the top of the resume an objective statement right? You know, I am seeking to use my skills to further blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Take that out. Those are outdated. Here's why. Objective statements focus on what you want. But at this stage, when you're looking for a job, do you think the employer gives a damn what you want? No, No. they don't care. No, No, they want want to know. Yeah, they want to know, Adam, what do you bring to the table? Paula, what are you going to do for me? Right? That's Back, yeah. what they that's what they want to know. So replace that objective statement and put a I title. usually
2: bring mac and cheese.
1: <laughs> well that, <laughs> that that'll get you the job.
2: Yeah.
1: But um yeah. So homemade. Ooh, that sounds good. But um so it is. Yeah. I mean, put it put a put a, <laughs> put a title right? Put a title, you have a lot of different skills, but that job posting might be asking for something very specific, right? So let's say you're a senior marketing person, you got a lot of experience in marketing, and you got skills in change management, you got skills in campaign management, go to market strategy, you have, uh, you know, skills in project management. But this specific position is asking for project management, you should put a title at the top of your resume, senior marketing manager, project
2: management expertise, right? So you just change it, yeah, to, so you to change change the of, of, And how yeah. long is this resume? This sounds like a book. No, no, no. So
1: here's the thing. One, two pages. You definitely don't want more than, more than two pages. Look, President Obama could put his resume on one page, right? So we could probably do the same thing. But here's the thing. People always ask me that. Tim, one or two pages. Here's what I tell them. Function drives form, right? You could build a beautiful chair, but if you sit in it and it's not comfortable, what's the point? So the same thing with the resume, the function of the resume is to make the case that you are the best candidate. And so if it takes one page or it takes two pages, that's good. But if you start putting stuff about internships and being an RA in college and you're 20 years out of school, nobody cares about (laughs) that stuff, right? So put that stuff, yeah, put all that stuff away, right? Put the things, people want to know in the last five years, eight years, they want to know You know, they don't want to know that you were good 20 years ago. They want to go, no, are you good now? So focus on those things. Does anybody
0: have an eraser?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I need one too.
0: I just want to take the uh, the poetry reading contest win in the eighth grade off of my resume. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I think this is uh, as good a place as any to take a break and, and
2: come back. Yeah. All right, then, um, our friend Seth Godin, who is on the show, says turning your passion into your job is easier than finding a job that matches your passion. Stay tuned to find out how to land the job you are passionate about. The cat of the week is Dirty Kitty from Echo Park, California and we are back with tim Lowe, founder and managing director of your next jump and he's been giving us some great pointers about how to get a job tim what else should we know
1: yeah, I mean if the resume is really really hard to read, right? Think about it. Typically, in a current job before, you know, COVID, you know, every job you applied to, maybe there's 150, 250 candidates that are applying. Now, there's less jobs, there's more people applying. There's going to be 300, 400 people. If I'm the HR person and I'm looking at 400 resumes or even 300 resumes, do you think I'm going to spend 1 minute on each resume? No way, right? I mean, that, that's five hours. So here's the thing when someone picks up your resume within five, maybe eight seconds, it has to be crystal clear the answer to these two questions. What is it that you're trying to do? And what do you bring to the table as it pertains to the specific position that you're targeting?
0: You know, you know what I think you can take a tip from? Are you ever at a bar, and you go to the bathroom, and you sit down in the stall, and right in front of your face on the door, there's a, a note from Sandy, and it says, call me, and there's a phone number? Right. And, you know, she doesn't go on and on about who's called her before. It's not... It's so clear. It's so immediate. You don't find yourself going, "Wait, let me read." Uh, you know some other parts of the wall. You just go. I, I l- ah, let me get Sandy's number. Then. I
4: got to tell
2: you, Paula, and I, and I think I think that uh, Tim can back me up. If Sandy's number is there, but then you know there's something that says, "For a good time, call Mary." <laughs> I'm I'm probably calling Mary, and not Sandy, because Mary's been specific. That there will be a good time. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good point. But my point is, you know, they don't go on and
0: on with what college they went to with, uh, right. y- you know, uh, with all of their skills. I don't think anybody wants to know about all of their skills. They just want to know, what are you going to do for me? Uh, that's right. And, it, and so usually it's probably... accompanied
2: by a, by a very simple, crude, but effective line drawing.
0: That's... Yeah, sometimes I think that if I ever have a resume writing company, uh-huh. it'll be called Off the Bathroom Door Resume Writing.
2: <laughs> well, so Tim, I think you're you're relatively safe from competition. Yeah. Um Now, now, uh, Tim, let's make this specific to Paula Poundstone and as an adjunct to Adam Felber, What can we do? Yeah. Uh, what should we do? What are we not doing? Here we are, vaunted, well-known entertainment professionals. Well, uh, one much more well-known than the other. Um, and, but we need jobs. <laughs> we need jobs. Our industry is sort of mostly, if not all, shut down. See, so here's the thing.
1: Always focus on your resume. At the top half of your resume, focus on the skills that they're looking for.
2: Well, let's right? talk about Paula's skills. Uh, like, l- Let's take a hypothetical job. Paula, what kind of job are you looking for right well, now?
0: Well, wait a minute. I have good news. What? I think I can keep it to one page. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think I could make it fit. Uh, in that very small section, right next to Sandy's phone number, in front of the toilet in the bar. <laughs> now, 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 Tim, can uh, we
2: can we can we take Paula's skill set and t- make it sound more professional?
1: Well, here's the thing: I got to know what job Paula's is applying to, right? Paula, what are you applying to? Before do we start thinking? Dude. Um, I
0: uh, yeah, I don't know what's available, Tim.
2: <laughs> what do you got? <laughs>
0: Um, okay, well, all right, the one, okay, here, all right, I've thought at one time or another, I've thought, well, maybe I could go into um, advertising. Mm-hmm. My my problem is that I, I I really, I kind of loathe advertising, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, so that, so that you don't want to lead a with drawback. that. You don't want
2: to lead with that, I don't yeah,
0: think. Yeah, no, I'll keep that to myself, but I've thought maybe I could go into advertising, right? Yeah. So what if I was to do... Uh, Copywriting, is that a thing in advertising? Or coming up with a uh uh what did what did Darren Stevens used to do? The whole campaign, coming up with the whole advertising
1: campaign. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Tim could I do that? Tim, you have 30 seconds. How does Paula get a job in advertising?
1: <laughs> well, uh, we gotta look at what the what that ad, you know, what that job posting is asking for, but definitely put a title right at the top, you know, all of a sudden, you know, if you put something like um I don't know, creative marketing professional, right? And that that does describe you. You do do marketing. You're very creative, Uh, and then whatever that job posting is asking for, you have that skill. Add that skill plus expertise or experience or something like that, right? So again, a lot of it depends on what the job posting is asking for. Well, they Um, they want a
2: brilliant, you know, a brilliant creative ad person to uh, to help uh, put together campaigns.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So just put something like maybe at the end, communications expertise, something like that. That's something that you're really good oh, also at. Also, right?
2: it says uh, uh, four to five years experience required. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I know.
0: How about this, Tim? How about if I write, "I once met Spuds McKenzie." <laughs> will that, will that pony,
1: <laughs> will think that have
0: any sway? I
1: think. I think that'll do it. I think that you're hired. So yeah. Yeah. Hey, Adam brought up one thing I just want to mention really quickly where he said, you know, the job posting is asking for, you know, four to five years of experience. Here's one thing about that. Here's one thing that we see a lot. We see people that there's kind of two extremes. One of them is they see a job posting, it asks for four or five years of experience, but they only have three. And in their head, they're like, I don't have four or five. I'm not gonna apply. All of a sudden they screen themselves out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't screen yourself out. Let them screen you out. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Because here's the thing. What are people really looking for? Are they looking for you to have four or five years of experience? Yes. Or no? No. What They're, they're looking,
0: looking for... for you to solve their problem.
1: Exactly. Whoa. And if
2: you can, if I, w- I want to change my them, answer to hers.
1: If you can show them that you have one year experience and you're able to do that, then, then you're in. So don't, don't just take that shot. And then the other extreme is this. There's people who do this. They see a job posting, they read through everything, and they said, I am a perfect fit. There's no way they won't hire me. So they apply for the job. They submit their resume. They're like, this is great. I'm going to kick back, and I'm going to apply to this one job. And then four weeks later, they get a a letter that says, thanks, but no thanks. And they're devastated. And I don't understand why. I, I, I met all the requirements. I exceeded all the requirements, and they didn't even give me a call. But here's the thing. Hundreds of other people could have met that requirement right oh, yeah and so here's when you do a job when you do a job search you can't just apply to one or two jobs you got to be strategic you got to be surgical and you have to be disciplined looking for a job is a full-time job in and of itself and so you need to i i mean we I tell this guy you know I tell him look put 20 paper clips in this cup and every night before your head hits that pillow you know, you need to apply to 20 jobs. So move each paper clip every time you apply to a job, move it into a new car.
2: You're making more and work. I, I'm telling you, but <laughs> hey, this you is were it. replying or <laughs> applying for the jobs and now you have me moving paper clips and, that, and I'm doing yeah, it for free, Tim.
1: It's free and it but it's a visual reminder and it helps you and
2: it helps you. Oh. That, that sounds so, clever. I, I, I can yeah. move paperclips. I mean, I, I should even put that on my resume. But <laughs> let's move on. Uh, let's get to this, the point. Wait,
0: you know, I just want to say one thing. If I okay, if I said that I had four or five years experience and I didn't, um, then what I would do is during the interview when they when they realized, like, well, you don't have four or five experience, I would say, I thought you meant dog years.
2: <laughs> Great. And that
0: way, there they see I can think outside of the That's box. Brilliant.
2: It's brilliant. Um, yeah. So, so, but don't lie on your resume. Let's get to the thing that <laughs> oh, neither don't lie on your resume. Never. <laughs> oh, okay. Shit. Let's get to the thing that Paula and I have not gotten to yet, uh, which is the interview. Yeah. Assuming that Paula and I ever get to an interview, um, uh, and and I guess the, the the stop and shop where Paula applied didn't want to get get to the interview phase, and and it's never happened for me on LinkedIn. What are no, the
0: Trader Joe's and Vons? Trader Joe's and Trader Vons. Joe's they and wanted Vons nothing to want do with me. They wanted nothing to do
2: with her. Joe
0: Joe didn't want to trade with me in any way.
2: <laughs> um, what 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 do you do? What's the the do's and don'ts of a good interview? Yeah, that's that's a great question. All right,
1: so the ideal candidate we, we kind of simplify it. We, we we call it. There's there's three Cs that everyone really is essentially looking for, and we call it character, chemistry. Incompetency, competency, right? So, character is, you know, are you authentic? Do you, do you have integrity? Right, you know, chemistry, are you easy to work with? Are you coach, coachable? You know, are you a good culture fit? And competency really is, you know, look, do you, can you do the job, right? Applied knowledge, you know, proven skills, you, you have the ability to learn. And then once you get into the interview, right, think about those three C's for every portion of the interview. And every interview essentially is broken down into three components. There's the narrative, right? What is the first thing they say to you at an interview? Tell me about yourself, Adam, right? And they're not looking for you to say, yeah, yeah, you know, I went to school here and then I worked here and then this is where my next job was and currently this is oh. what I'm doing.
2: So you're saying you want to be more concise than that?
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, what they're looking for and when they ask you that question, and that's the break the ice question. They want to know, Adam, in 30 seconds, why are you sitting across the table from me? What, what makes you relevant for this position? And then the, the second part of the interview is the technical, right? Do, do, do you, you know, do you have the skills? right and so for all the skills that you have you know give specific examples but sometimes you don't have those skills too right never take the blame for not having the opportunity to to gain certain skills instead you know guide the employer through some other skills that may be relevant to to what they're looking for right Mm -hmm. and a good thing to do is use some emotion words i enjoy i feel comfortable i am passionate about i love right people love to work with people who care about what they're doing and then the last thing, even in the technical portion of it, is you can show character. You can show some personality. Even for the questions that are competence-driven, You know, try to show a little bit of personality behind it. And I think you guys would both do really
2: yeah, well Yeah, we're going to be fine with that. Are there any yeah. big no-nos, uh, you know, big mistakes you can make in the interview?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people ask some tough questions, right? Maybe they'll ask you a question like, uh, hey, what's, what's your greatest weakness? What's your greatest weakness, Adam? Right? And so- I care big, too much. Yeah, that's a big mistake. People say that, you know. Uh, you know, actually, I get really involved in the work. I care too much. And sometimes I, put to- I neglect other things around in my life. But that, at the end of the day, come on, let's be honest. That's a humble brag. Yeah, uh, of no- course. Nobody really does. Yeah. yeah. So, so what yeah you wow, really you saw wanna... right through that, Tim. Exactly, right? So <laughs> what you really want to do is you want to show that you're human because everyone in that room is human, right? So you want to be – you want to you want to talk about something – that is real. So for example, what I say when people ask me that question is, hey, you know what, when I was a manager early on in my career, one of the things that I really struggled with was micromanaging. I just didn't trust my staff. I would always look over the shoulders. I would always be asking questions about, you know, what are you doing? You know, why'd you do this? What'd you do this? And it would annoy the hell out of them. And the thing though is, as a human, I quickly recognized that I was doing that. And so what I did was I took some steps to mitigate that. I said, okay, hey, instead of me asking you questions all the time, let's have a meeting every Friday. You know, we'll debrief, we'll talk through things. And if you guys need to talk to me during the week, feel free. But I'll leave you alone during the week.
2: Tim, that time. Tim, that's a great weakness. Can I use that one? <laughs> yeah. So, so so let me ask you something, Tim. Right now I'm gonna ask you to do a little role playing with uh, for Uh-oh. me, all right. all right. You are you are uh, the, the the head of the creative department at a major advertising company. Paula Poundstone is going to walk into the office. Somehow she got this interview. Would you interview Paula, and we'll see how she does?
1: All right. Well, hey, Paula. Welcome to the interview. Uh, what brings hey. you here?
0: Oh, you know what? I almost didn't get here. You know, that fucking elevator, <laughs> I, I couldn't find the name of the company at first on the elevator. Uh, like, it's not near where the elevator is. And so I went to the wrong floor. I sat in the wrong—I'm sorry I'm late. I sat in the wrong office for about 30 minutes. I was actually going to be early. Which, uh, you know, is huge for me. I was going to be early. I sat in the wrong office for about 30 minutes before somebody finally came out and said, what are you doing here? Do you know the people who work on the level above us? Do you know those people? The guy, you know, the guy who he looks a little, a little pasty. Uh, uh, right Paulo, pa- pa- ab- I'm going to say you us? should probably
2: let uh, your interviewer ask you a question. Now,
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Go, go ahead, right, Tim. My mistake. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, well, 30, good. Thirty-second I mean, answers, if you can, Paula. But this is great. Yeah,
0: I'm so yeah. glad to be here. All right, I'm really
1: glad to be here. Well, good. Uh, why don't we do this? Let's assume we've we've asked a few questions now, right? And And okay. uh, we ask you, you know, why why uh, why did you why do you want to leave your your current job?
0: Um. Well i i loved I loved my job. It's just that people can't gather in large groups anymore, <laughs> and so uh, I can't. Entertain them. It's really hard to do my job without a large group. I've been going house to house, but it's not, you know, not everyone opens the door.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's actually a really good answer. And so the reason why I was going to say that's a good answer is this: a lot of people talk about things that are negative, right? They might just say, "Well, you know, the company culture there just wasn't very good," you know, I didn't find a really good fit there. Never say those things. Always take things that even if it was a negative. Make it a positive, right? Talk about something that that was really good.
2: That's good dating advice, too. Yeah, You don't want to tell your date, every woman I've ever met is insane. Yeah, because they don't know if those women were insane or if you are insane, No, it pretty much means you're insane, doesn't it? Exactly, Uh, yeah, exactly. But do you want to continue the interview? I I think you need to ask Paula about relevant experience now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Paula, tell me a little bit about your experience.
0: Well, um, you know, I... I had a podcast for a long time, and uh, I did some advertising there. You know, there was uh, copy written, but then they asked us for our, you know, personal experience as well. And so I did, you know, some of that. And, of course, on my website, I have a store, and I do all the promotion for that. And, you know, I'm doing, in terms of sales, easily 5 $10 a week. yeah like for uh, have you ever heard about my tri-poly blend t-shirt it's remarkably soft it has a uh, self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back and uh, I came up with all that language on my own and um, those babies well I wouldn't say they fly off the shelf but you know at least one a month
2: <laughs> okay now now, now Tim uh, let's <laughs> pretend that that you somehow fight your way out of this interview um, no. let, let's step back now and what tips can you give Paula what did she do well what could she have done better in this job interview wait
0: Tim isn't it time to negotiate my salary <laughs> <laughs> and this is when I look at you from across the table and I go look asshole the guy on the floor above you will hire me like that. So I want I want $200,000 a year just right off the bat and and then an opportunity for growth. What do you got for me?
1: Hey, actually, that's really good. So whenever we talk about salary negotiations, there's three no's, right? And so what I mean is the K-N-O-W, the no's. And Paul, you just hit on one of them. One is... Know how much, right? Research the market. Paula knows that that guy's going to offer him two to offer her two hundred thousand dollars. She knows her value. She already knows that she's worth, you know, in terms of salary, she's worth two hundred thousand dollars. She, I,
2: I got to tell you, Tim, she pulled that number out of her ass. Well, hundred percent.
1: Well, don't do that. Research the market. (laughs) Research the industry. You know, look at the locale. Look, there are tons of tools that are available, right? Do your homework. Use tools like salary.com, glassdoor.com. Understand the market, the industry rates, you know, for your specific location, right? If you're in New York City versus Omaha, it's a different salary. So kind of understand those types of things, right? And then All these tools like Glassdoor, they allow you to look at other candidates, what their similar experience was and their educational background. Oh, wow. They'll they'll tell you, yeah, you know, for people with this many years of experience or, you know, with this type of title, you know, this is the average salary. This is the high point. This is the low point. This is all data that people are anonymously giving. And so this is really important. So that's number one no. The second no is no when. Paula, you just aced the interview. You have the most leverage once the job offer is made. We've given you the offer, right? I've spent the time. I've interviewed. You know, I've screened three hundred candidates. I've interviewed, interviewed five. You know, I spent two weeks doing all this. We know that Paul isn't one. Now is the time to ask for that money using the knowledge that you have. Ask for that high end because at this point, look. At the end of the day, ten thousand dollars. That's giving me a lot for you. Ten thousand dollars for the company. That's not much. They already know that they want you. And the third no is no what else, because sometimes they might just say, "Look, we don't have the budget for that, right?" But there are other things you can ask for: vacation time, telework days, signing bonuses, moving expenses. Those are all other things that could feed into your total compensation. So, if they say no to one thing, you know, don't come back with a number and say, "Well, what what is in the budget, right? What what, what do you guys have budgeted for this role?" Right. And they're always going to come back eh, somewhere between this range and this range. Right. And ask for that and say, well, you know what? You know, uh, if you've had other offers, you say, yeah, you know, I've, I've had a few offers, you know, but I really am interested in this company. Would you be willing to offer a signing bonus? Maybe a $10,000 signing bonus oh. as long as I stay for a year? You I know get what to keep-
0: I say? Say they say to me, they go, look, it, we don't have any more than a million a year. And then I would <laughs> act kind of disappointed. I go, oh, okay, that's. That's rough. Uh, okay, and then I would say this. I mean, I would look the guy right in the eye, and I might even tear up a little bit. And I would say, "Will you throw in a kitten?"
2: <laughs> good.
0: Just throw in a kitten, and you got me. Well, that's good, isn't it? Because you know what you wanted.
2: There
1: you go. Yeah, yeah, and throw some vacation, in a kitten. and some vacation. Give me days. a chance
0: to meet Brian Cranston. Just have Brian Cranston stop by my office, you know, once a month or so, and 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 I'm in.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that's what you want, ask for it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know why Brian Cranston wouldn't.
1: Yeah, I'm come not sure why you would my, either, but.
0: No, why he wouldn't? No, oh, I okay. love Bryan Cranston. Yeah, well, why wouldn't? He? Because because I watch Breaking Bad every night. Um, well, this has been so helpful to. You know what's weird? I mean, I have no
2: skills, and yet I feel confident that I could get a job right now. I do, too, awesome. and I'm sure this illusion will fade in the morning, but uh, while, while it's hot, I want to say, Tim, thanks for the job you did teaching us how to find jobs. We're going to now take the information that you gave us, and we're going to run it through the old pounce donator. Paula? All right, Corey, our house band,
0: if you can take another position with that horn and give me a little background music, I'll tell you what came out of the pounce-tonator. donator. Tim was really fun, informative, and confidence-building. What if somehow my LinkedIn profile was enough to attract the interest of NASA? (laughs) Let's listen in on my dialogue with the NASA director and my internal dialogue with myself. Your LinkedIn profile and resume stood out to me to be a Lunar Frontiers woman. Tell me more about yourself. Internal voice. Don't lie. Just rebrand. Me. I have successfully flown over 10 million miles. I enjoy camping and I wear a hat even in bed. So I'm not at all concerned about helmet hair. Plus, I believe I've been in a black hole for at least five years. And I wore diapers on a drive up to Portland just a few months ago. NASA Director. Why do you want to leave your job on this planet? My internal voice. Don't say anything negative. Don't say anything negative. Don't say anything <laughs> negative. Me. I love the Earth. I love my stand up comedy job. But honestly, neither one is guaranteed anymore. The Earth is. <sighs> Fuck. Van Morrison has made three anti lockdown songs. Van Morrison, one of my favorite musicians in the world. For several months, when my daughter was a baby, I took Polaroid pictures of her in the same place every day or couple of days, and my friend Marsha filmed the pictures and set them to the Van Morrison song, Brown-Eyed Girl. On the dark side of the street, Jackie Wilson said, Virgo clown cleaning windows, that Van Morrison, he's making anti-lockdown songs. How fucking stupid is that? Internal voice. What the fuck? That was negative, and it's too long. NASA director, what would you say is your biggest weakness? Internal voice, short answer, short answer. Me, I suck. NASA director, thank you for coming in. Internal voice, the interview is the best time to negotiate the salary, me. I'll do it for five bucks a week, a truckload of Fritos, and a twelve-pack of Diet Pepsi's a day.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fantastic! That was great, Paula. He's the founder and managing director of Your Next Jump. Just go to yournextjump.com to find out all about it. Thanks for being on our show, Tim Low. Everybody, Tim, so this much. was so
0: much fun. Thanks, it was a lot Jeff. of fun. Thank, Thank you guys. Much. Great. You were great.
2: Coming up, mailbag. Tony Anita Hull opens up our first listener mailbag of the brand new year and pulls out a provocative piece of prose. That's coming up it's right the, after this. Wait
0: a minute! It's the first what? one of the new year.
2: <laughs> yes, Paula, it's the first one of the new year.
0: Oh my God! It's gonna, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be yes. amazing. Wait until you, uh, listeners, brace yourselves because this is the harbinger of all that is to come.
2: Somebody needs a visit from Three Ghosts of New Year's, (laughs) and that's coming up right after this. Fun fact. The longest word in the English language is a protein whose name is 189,819 letters long. It takes three and a half hours to say the word out loud, after which someone inevitably says, huh, can you use that in a sentence? All right. Well, that, that'll happen once in a while.
3: All right. Do you want a sound effect at the end of that?
2: Nope. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't need a sad trombone. No, I like that joke. Thank you. And we're back. It's time for mailbag. Thank you, Paula. That's probably our best theme song on this show. Uh, so, as our listeners know, every once in a while, Paula and I like to reach into the mailbag, although we don't feel comfortable. Reaching into the mailbag, <laughs> um, by ourselves, we—that's why we have Tony Anita Hull to brave that mailbag. Ugh, for, shit, I hate that. For us, T- Tony, what, you want to step on up to that mic and tell us what you found in the mailbag?
4: Yes, I do. Um, so this first email is kind of long, so bear with me because I think it's worth reading the whole thing. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Buckle in. In 2020, (laughs) no podcast documents the deteriorating mental health of America better than nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. (laughs) Before COVID, Paula and co-host Adam Felber interviewed experts on topics ranging from finance to trees, summarizing their wisdom humorously while producers Tony Anita Hall and Bonnie Burns giggled and unwrapped noisy candy bars in the background, (laughs) respectively.
2: Ah, However,
4: in March, when the coronavirus struck, the team was forced to record from home, and unfortunately, it's not going well. What was once a joyfully (laughs) zany hour of laughs and advice has become a disturbingly unhinged 90-plus minutes of shouting, Denuded hand puppet monologuing in sordid collars vying for Adam's friendship, each more petulant and perturbing than the last. Paula, once a household name for her stand-up comedy, has started looking for service jobs and is currently nursing a resentment towards Vons, a local supermarket who, on receiving Miss Poundstone's application for cashier, said, quote, we're going in a different direction. But Paula Paula isn't the only one in decline. Adam's trademark resolve to keep the show on topic has all but disappeared. Once the master of skillful segues and keeping an eye on the clock, he now says things like, quote, I don't even know what's going on anymore. And at times screams into the phone, shut up, Bonnie, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Frustration with Captain Crinkle, a.k.a. Bonnie Burns, Paula's manager of 28 years, is understandable. While Bonnie claims to have had a successful career in show business, citing weekly weight loss strolls with Cher, it's clear that she has now entered into the gray garden space of her success. (laughs) She'll casually mention, for example... That she hasn't washed her hair in months, or that she's been in the same spot on the couch for multiple days, or perhaps, most shockingly, that she's left a small piece of plastic in her ear canal for so long, the doctors reported has started merging with her brain, causing fits of disjointed Googling and late-night emails. As a listener, it's clear that this woman desperately needs medical attention, yet even Paula, her professional partner of almost three decades, seems more amused than concerned. The only person whose mental and physical health seem relatively intact is Tony Anita Hall, who records the show from her studio apartment in Sherman Oaks. Tony is clearly a kind, patient, and generous producer. Yet the chaos of the podcast has driven even her to an almost suicidal state, evidenced by her upcoming coronavirus themed cruise to Mexico. (laughs) Bon voyage, Tony. (laughs) Enjoy seven days upon Royal Caribbean's Death Wish of the Seas, and may you never have to return to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Ever, Ever Again. Signed, Billy. Concerned Nobody in Hollywood, California.
2: Oh. (laughs) Wow. Billy. Billy, 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 that was fantastic.
0: That that was really fantastic. Billy, I just want to say to you, though, that some of that deterioration had started to take place before COVID, just in our defense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh Oh, Billy, was, Billy,
2: Billy That was fantastic
0: I wish I, it wasn't I wish it wasn't too long for a show description
2: Because it's very good It's, it's so right on I, I, I think Billy has earned Billy? himself A Thomas Coin coin
0: Honestly, I think so That's a good idea
2: Oh yeah. my lord
4: uh,
0: Yeah, Billy, send us your postal yeah. address So we can send you a Thomas Coin coin That's a good idea
2: <laughs> wow.
3: You know, I, I think I think Billy fuckface got me a little incorrect. Whoa! No, Billy, I think it was uh, it
0: I was, think it was. I don't think that's his last name. Yeah, it was an amazingly accurate portrait of our of our show. And I, I agree. I want to thank you so much, Billy. You know, sometimes, sometimes, Bonnie, it's hard to look in the mirror, but I think that uh, Billy has forced us into the looking glass here. Uh,
3: Oh, my gosh. I don't think he gets the comedy slant of my character, although it is true that because nobody sees me every day, maybe I have worn the same T-shirt for, I don't know, two or three weeks. What difference does it make?
0: Well, if there was anybody near you, it would make a big difference.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially when you haven't (laughs) moved off that section of the couch in quite a while. Um, (laughs) They finally just, they actually installed, the doctor installed a tiny camera in Bonnie's ear so that they can identify the things that get stuck in there. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Just watching from the office. <laughs> I, um, I, I like that Bonnie wants us to believe that this is a character she's playing, but she did get that thing stuck in her ear.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she's 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 the Robert De Niro of uh of uh, uh, uh podcasters because she's so. Um, took on the role, uh, the comedic role that she plays on our show, that she actually went to the doctor. You know, a lot of people would, you know,
3: (laughs) drop it when they were not recording anymore. But Bonnie... No, the thing about the thing in my ear was because I pulled out the headset and the little spongy thing got left in there. How was I Mm -hmm. supposed to know?
2: Well, because it wasn't on your headphone anymore.
0: Okay, but you know well, what? Who looks I, it, at that? Did, it, it did happen <laughs> to me only a few weeks later, but I didn't leave it in there. That's the difference between you and me. Let me ask you something: How do you explain the Nerf bullet that they pulled out of your ear? How do you explain that the, the Nerf the bullet? What? The, nerf the
4: Nerf bullet. bullet. hear <laughs> <laughs> you
2: all right um you know <laughs> you know Tony, Leon, let's, let's reach back into that mailbag because I think but <laughs> I just want to we're done I just probing tell, around Bonnie's I, ear
0: I just want to tell Billy that that's not a that's not a covid problem because um before covid you know Bonnie used to come to my house sometimes and um a lot of times um just uh, some small things would be missing from my house after she left <laughs> And then they would show up again sometime after she had a doctor's appointment. So that's not a new thing.
4: Yeah.
2: That predates COVID.
4: All right, Tony, yeah, exactly. what else is in that mailbag? Um, mailbag. This is from Jody. Jody? Jody? Jody, Jody, Jody.
0: Oh, Jody. <laughs> Bunny, can I ask you something? Are you missing a what? sock? It's yeah, a- exactly. A mitten, a glove
4: Oh, man
0: Billy,
2: I dare you to stay sane with this crap happening (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what? What? Read read (laughs) it up there, Tony
4: Jody, Jody (laughs) Jody Uh, I've been listening to your back catalog And tonight I got to the New Year's Eve 2018 episode it's almost cute how terrible you thought things were back then, Jody.
0: Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. right. What the hell did we know? Nothing.
2: <laughs> no, we yeah. That, that predated the coronavirus. That predated the uh, obviously the election that still isn't over. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know you're right, Jody. You make a good point. Yeah,
0: we were we were babes in the woods back in 2018. We had. We knew nothing of despair. We knew, Uh, we had no
2: idea how good we had it, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, In fact, one time in 2018, uh, I just cut my leg off with an axe accidentally, and looking back, I'm nostalgic for that. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like those were the good
2: old times. We didn't know how good we had it. All right, Tony, what else is in there? Mailbag.
4: Mailbag. Mailbag. So this is from Mark Horn. Hello Paula, you know I you, <laughs> you know I used to think it was painful but comical about your accidental nipple piercing from your cat. That was until it just happened to me. Ow. I now have a new level of respect for you. Happy New Year to you and the staff at NLTPP. Oh my
0: gosh, Mark That was your first cat nipple piercing of 2021. Oh, my heavens. The changes that 2021 has wrought. Um,
2: Yeah, it's a big difference.
0: Yeah. He used to have his nipples pierced by a hamster. Um, But this is a big step up. Mark Horn. Wait a minute. That's really his name, Mark Horn? Don't we usually go around yeah. him in the beginning of the show? We do not. Yeah. I just wanted to repeat the word show so people knew what this was. Okay.
2: Mailbag. All right, Tony, is there anything else at the bottom of that mailbag?
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> that was my first Glockenspiel fuck up of 2021.
2: <laughs> oh, there will be more.
0: <laughs> I feel so different. I, You know, forgive me if I've not been myself in this episode. I just feel so different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, I think I think you're more or less yourself. Um, if, if being yourself means beating a gag into the ground. Uh, but, Tony, do you have anything else in that mailbag? I, I, I couldn't have, have beat it more. into the
0: ground. I couldn't have because it's the beginning of the year. I mean, if I'm still doing by I don't know May, then I think you could have beaten it into the ground. But uh, no, it's, this is very early no, on okay. in the year, Adam. This is everything we do now is <laughs> has a patina of new.
2: It sure does have that new year smell, doesn't it? It does. Tony, what do you got?
4: I do have one more. It's from a Nick. Mazakua? Sorry, Nick, I butchered your name. Anyway, so Nick says, Hi, Paula. The tones you play on the Glockenspiel to introduce your vocabulary song would make a great ringtone. Happy New Year, Nick. That's a really good idea. Nick, are you Nick. serious? <laughs> and I know just the person
0: to put it up on the iTunes thing where you buy the ringtone. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we could have two ringtones.
0: Oh, that would be great. You know what For works so year? good about that? <laughs>
3: it's essentially
2: a doorbell. Is we have It's essentially a doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing. It's not a ringtone. It's not even a tune. It was the same last year, and here in 2021, it's the same thing. It's okay. just a ding-dong. <laughs> it's two notes on a glockenspiel. Don't encourage her, Mark. Okay, how about this? How about if it's?
0: 2021 calling. <laughs>
4: 2021,
0: sparkly, bright, full of opportunity. 2021.
2: <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to. I'm going back to 2020, everybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not me. I'm moving to Georgia and voting for Kelly Leffler.
3: All right. Well,
2: Tony, thank you. That was a fantastic job on the mailbag. Mailbag.
0: Thanks, Tony. And thanks to all the nobodies Nick, Jody, Mark, and Billy who took the time to contact us for the mailbag. Mailbag.
2: (laughs) God damn it. Hey, uh, Paula Poundstone, uh, besides your great Glock skills, what else is going on in the Poundstone product empire this week?
0: Uh, well, Adam, there's always a bit of post-holiday depression when one realizes nobody got me anything from the store at PaulaPoundstone.com. But oh. remember your New Year's resolution. You're going to take care of your own life. So go on over to PaulaPoundstone.com and get your needs met. Watch some videos. Grab a remarkably soft tri blend T-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back I'd tell you more, but Heidi. <laughs> no,
2: yeah, no, no. That's completely understandable.
0: <laughs> Wait a second. I'm sorry. What? You know what? There's a. Hello? Hello? What's that? Oh my God! Adam, you're not going to believe who just walked into my house. <laughs> what? Hey, Adam. Hey. Yes? Hey, hey Adam. Adam, film Yeah. Uh, what I- who's I- this? It's me. It's me, Holly Jolly Dolly. How you doing? Who? (laughs) Dolly Parton, you know. Working nine to five, what a (laughs) way to make a living. Barely getting by, it's all taking and no giving. Of course, y'all wouldn't know anything about that. You're podcasters. You work a little over an hour once a week. Working five to six, what a way to make a
2: living. Uh, Dolly, that's that's not true at all. Making a podcast is a lot of work. It is? Yeah, we have to we have meetings to plan segments. There's segments? Yeah, yeah. We decide on guests, we book the guests.
0: Really? Cuz I just showed up. I was yeah. hoping to talk to Brian Cranston. I was walking through the alley and Paula's dog was acting like Brian Cranston was in the backyard. I was so excited. I just come on in.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, usually we invite the guests. Oh no. You, you don't want me. That hurts my feelings, Adam. Oh no, no, no. That's not what I meant. I mean, obviously, we're happy to have you,
0: Dolly. Am I in a segment? I'd love to be in one of y'all's segments. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, yes. You're you're definitely in a segment.
0: Working five to six, finding guests <laughs> for segments.
2: There's, there's a little more to it than that. We have to, we have to test the products that we advertise. For example.
0: Well, Adam, how long could that take? Working five to six, taking women's vitamin supplements. You're going to grow ovaries if you're not careful.
2: I'm going to what? Grow ovaries. I don't... If you're I, not careful. I don't, take the, I don't take the women's vitamins. Good.
0: That frees up some more time. Plus, you won't get cramps.
2: I, I, I don't mean it took a long time. I just, I just mean there's a lot more to it than you were assuming. That's all, Dolly.
0: I wouldn't have guessed it, and I've been listening before. Well, I'm just about convinced Brian Cranston isn't here. Paula's dog is just plain dishonest. I've got to get to work, and I know you have a lot to do.
2: Uh, <laughs> I guess I do. Um, Thanks for stopping by, Dolly.
0: Oh, sure. Working 5 to 6.30, what a way to make a podcast.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Well, I'll tell you, Paula. Uh, that was interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, boy, she's listened before, uh, Dolly. You didn't been even sound surprised before.
2: that you had Dolly Parton walk into your house.
0: Well, you know, my dog, she lures people in. She's always pretending that Brian Cranston's back there, and he's a big star. Um. <laughs>
2: all right um you know uh dolly says that it only takes us an hour and a half but uh paul you know i'm involved in a pursuit that takes almost exactly three hours these days and that of course is the starburn sports simulcast which uh we do weekly now me and jeff cesario we simulcast an nfl football game usually on thursday nights but check us out over on my twitter feed at adam felber or over at starburnsports.com which is where we actually run the audio portion of the game Nice. Well, thank you. Okay, you can subscribe to this podcast. Just uh, you know, hit the subscribe button. If you want to enter a theme song contest or send us something else, like some of those that great mailbag stuff, you do that at NobodyListens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam LeFelber. Special thanks to our guest, Tim Lowe, and thanks to our house band, Corey Springhorn. Our show is Yay! produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, Antonia Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Landromo. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service that's our show for tonight won't somebody please listen to me Working 3 to 4 what a way to make a living.
0: dum 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 dum
2: dum boom it's hard to get that tune out of your head once it gets in there, and I hear it's hard to get Dolly Parton out of your house once she gets in. So I would, I would check the doors and the and the windows before you go to sleep tonight.
0: I I, I was it was so nice to have her here, even just briefly.
2: I hear that she's always well dressed. Is that true in this case?
0: Oh, she, she looks fantastic. She looks fantastic, and I such an admirer of hers. Yes. I I got her Christmas album this year. No, last year. my mistake.
2: Did you? That was, that was like a, a year ago though, right?
0: It was a long time ago now. Now we're, you know, it was last year. Hold on. Let me check the hash marks I've put above my sleeping area on the wall. Um, so what have you been using? A calendar? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a calendar. I keep I keep track of time like Dr. Manet in um a tale of two cities um yeah (coughs) yeah it's you know everything i'm sorry i was a little late for recording today everything is so bright and new to me i can't i just can't i (laughs) love
2: i I love that you were just singing nine to five which is another meaningless way to mark time but you're in favor of the clock
0: i love the clock i love the calendar I I, I I just <laughs> I just think this idea that people make a fuss over New Year's is kind of silly. That's all. Um, I like to write things down.
2: Well, you should have said something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Avenue. A, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.